generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Genesis 12, I'm going to be very quick. Genesis 12, the word says from verse 1, Now the Lord had said to Abram, this is a key part of my teaching this morning, Get out of your country. Well, that one is pretty easy. I could sort of like, you know, <laughs> you know, if they tell Nigeria, get out of your country right now, like, yes, Jesus. <laughs> For men in Nigeria, like, yes, just the word I need right now. But it's not just your country, it's like, get out from your family. That's tough. It's easier to leave your country than to leave your family. Isn't that so? Yeah. Depending. Thank you, LT. <laughs> Depending. Right? And then, from your father's house. Now, this is a big deal. You might not realize how big a deal this is, but this is so big a deal because what it means for Abraham is a forfeiture of his inheritance. So the Jew, leaving your father's house without being sent by your father is like rubbing all of his life's work in his face and saying, I'm bigger than what you've created. The call to greatness will predispose you to being called names that you're not. When you're about to leave that place of work, they will say to you, are you trying to say you are bigger than the salary we're paying you? You are trying to feel, what are you trying to what? Feel like, who are you? Who are we? And then worse still, God says to a land that I will show you, it's more comfortable, more comforting if you already have the details of the plans. And when God is calling you, you now tell people, okay, this is actually the plan. But God is calling and says, so where are you going so that we can reach you in case, you know, your money finishes and we need to help you. <laughs> but we'll send your resource to. So, I don't really know. I'm just following God. If you're in that boat this morning, you're in good company. God said, this call is not just to a destination. This call is to a lifelong journey, which is a spiritual adventure of faith. God says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. If you believe that's your word, say amen to that. Amen. If you go real quick to the book of Mark chapter 10, Mark 10, 35 to 45, so we're just read Genesis 12, 1 to 3, for good measure and for context, Genesis, uh, Mark chapter 10, 35 to 45. On your mark. Then James and John, 
35 to 45. The sons of Zebedee came to him, that's Jesus, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Imagine, these people, they are so interesting people. They come to you and say, Oh, will you do anything for me? Ah. If someone comes to you and says, Will you do anything for me? Are you going to say yes? It's going to be like, it sort of like depends. How many of you went to secondary school, boarding house secondary school, and there was something called striking or swapping? I don't know what he's calling it at school, like swapping. Some people say, let's strike, let's strike a deal, striking. So they could say something like, your yam for my beans. Right? Or your rice for my meats. Some people would rather have more rice with no meat. Were you one of those people? You have a, this big smile of information on your face. Right. Yeah, so that, that's striking. You say, my yam for your beans, right? Because there were some crafty people. They were criminals, if you will. They would say, your beans for your meat. And you you say, yes. And they'll literally say, but you agreed. So there's some of you that make certain requests. And these guys were like, master, just give us anything we ask. This is how many of us are. We come to God saying, God, anything I want, you must give me. Now, it's not a bad thing to do if your request is secondary to his quest. That's why in the guarantee of answered prayers, it said, if you ask according to my will. So the benchmark or the parameter, the foundation, the context for granted request is the will of God. Now someone says, I don't really know the will of God. Whenever you don't know the specific counsel of God's word, operate within the general revealed word. That's the Bible. So for example, you might not know that your husband's name is George Washington. <laughs> That's interesting. But the word says, do not be unequally yoked with so you might not know how tall he is, but you know that he's got to be a child of God. Yeah. Oh, come and talk to me, guys. Yeah. And sometimes people ignore the general word and they want the specific. But the specific is to distill the general word for application in a certain season and time. So before you ask God for the color of the car you should buy, ask the Lord God, do you want me to buy a car or is it going to be a gift? Because for somebody, every time you have saved up for that thing, a divarask. And God is saying, that money you're saving up, go and give it to XYZ or ABC. And like, no, God, I've got a plan. God's like, your plan is... <laughs> you need a master plan. So whatever we're asking, he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Jesus didn't say, hey, no problem. Some people have become captives of commitments that God didn't let them make. You just made a commitment and you became a captive of it. They said to him, grant us that we may seat one on your right hand and the other on your left. In your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. Able God. All those things are lyrics from the Bible. 
Now God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That's what's there. Ezekiel says there shall be what? Showers of but then they missed it because now I said, we want this money, we want this money, money. The blessing is not money. You can have money and not be blessed. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink and the baptism I'm baptized with you will be baptized but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give but it is for those for whom it is prepared and when the turn heard it they began to be greatly displeased with James and John but Jesus called them to himself and said to them you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles what do they do? exercise lordship they exert upon them this says they ex exercise lordship over them they exert upon them it says their great ones exercise authority upon them but it shall not be so amongst you but whoever desires to become great we're talking about unleashed greatness among you what shall he become become your servant and whoever of you des desires to be first shall be slave of all. This one says, last anchor says, slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life. To give up his life. Look at somebody say, we are unleashing your greatness. I want to jump into the heart of the matter today to give you five points that will help you unleash your greatness. Now, we've spoken about this. God is a great God. God has made a promise of greatness towards you. He comes to Abraham in Genesis 12 and says, Abraham, I will bless you. In fact, it says, in blessing, I will bless you. Multiply and I'll multiply you. I will make you great. Let me preface this teaching this morning by talking about this, that God wants to make you great before he gives you a great name. There are many people who want a great name, but they are not subject to the process of becoming great. If your name is greater than your character, your name will attract attention that your character cannot sustain. Have you seen that Taylor? That Taylor has a great reputation out there. And because he's well known, does quite a number of things, a lot of others have now come to the Taylor. But the Taylor cannot deliver on time because there is no structure or capacity to deliver on the promise. Every name in the world carries a certain promise. Every name. So when you hear certain names, you think corruption. Oh, come on. How many of you are going to marry one nice gentleman? You see this nice gentleman, looks dapper, speaks well, he has finesse, he looks confident and very caring. And you ask him, so what's your name? My name is Sani Abacha. You're going to be like, yes, let's do it. My name is Saddam Hussein. Now, he might be a totally different person from that person. But there's just an aversion. Like, how are you going to go to your father and say, Dad, meet my, my husband, Mr. Hussein. Saddam. So every name carries a promise. And God doesn't want your name to carry a promise that your character cannot deliver. When the Bible says, Oh Lord our God, how excellent is your name? In all the earth, he says, wherever the name of the Lord is called, they shall not be put to shame. That means the excellence of God's name is defended by the excellence of his power. Oh, come on, somebody. 
the name of God is not just well known, it is well able. There are people who are well known, but they're not well able to deliver what they're well known for. But I want to prophesy over this house that as God is exalting you and your name is going across the nations of the earth, you will have the capacity, you will have the structure, you will have the systems in place to deliver on the promise that your name carries in the name of Jesus. That amen looks like it needs some kind of encouragement. I said you will deliver on the value of the promise that your name carries in the name of Jesus. He says, I will make you great. Understand that greatness is not just thrust upon you. It's the process of the unveiling of the divine deposits in you. Greatness is not an achievement for the believer. It's an unveiling for the believer. The divine treasures on the inside of you, gaining manifestation, being revealed, being reflected. That's greatness. So God says, I will make you great. Think about that. Somebody say, God is making me great. David said, you will enlarge my greatness. And you will comfort me on every side. Why? Because greatness will come with some strain sometimes. Some pain sometimes. Some demand sometimes. Some attention sometimes. In fact, let me deal with this demon. Some of you, you don't want to be great because you're scared of the attention of people. So you know you can do certain things well, but you're always hiding behind the terebinth tree. But I come as an angel today to talk to that Gideon who's hiding in a wine press. Almighty man of valor. God is pulling you out of the cloak of shame shyness of self-consciousness some of you are saying me i don't want much out of life well you might not want much out of life but god wants much out of your life because to whom much is given who am i preaching to much is expected so whilst you're hiding your gift and hiding your ability god is going to blow your covers very soon he will unveil the deposits in you the things that you swept under the carpet there will come a demand where you will not be able to hide anymore Slap somebody a palm burning, blister inducing, fingerprint imprinting, high five, and tell that person God is bringing you out of hiding. It's a promise from God. Why would God want you to be great? Because you bear His name, and your greatness is an extension of His identity. You are a brand ambassador for the kingdom. That's what the word he uses. He doesn't use the word brand, but he says that we are ambassadors for Christ. Then man being Christ is a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. So we are carrying his essence. We're making his name known everywhere. The Bible says that God causes us, it leads us always to triumph. So that we can diffuse the fragrance of his knowledge everywhere. So God wants believers in entertainment. Wants believers in politics. Now this is not a takeover agenda that you become the greatest prince. No. Joseph never becomes the, the number one man in Egypt. Daniel never becomes the number person in Babylon. Jesus never becomes a physical king of the Jews. But they were so strong in their influence and their ability that the kingdom knew that there was an alternative to Babel and Babylon and Satanism in that space. God will raise you as the voice of the kingdom in your space. So how can I unveil, unleash this greatness? Number one is I must subscribe to God's definition 
and standards of greatness. If I'm going to unleash this greatness that we're talking about, I must subscribe. Are you okay? Are you fine? I must subscribe to God's definition and standards of greatness. Why is that important? Because there is a difference between the way man sees greatness and the way God sees greatness. Isaiah 55 tells us that from verse 8, God makes it very clear, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher above the earth, so are my ways above your ways, my thoughts above your thoughts. And then now says that my word comes down like rain. It goes into the earth, causes the earth to board. He says that that word will not return to me void, but it shall go forth and accomplish and prosper in that which I've sent it to do. So God is saying that man's definition of greatness is not the same thing as God's definition of greatness. So many of you know King James, you know King James, LeBron James? Fantastic guy, amazing, skillful, basketball star. Shattered so many records, of course, he's still not Michael Jordan. Right? And there's this hashtag he has, try for greatness. One of tweets and all of that kind of stuff. And, and they have this greatness movement that, you know, you do well in all of that. And that's it's an important thing in terms of social work. He has, I think, about 70 million people. But having 70 million people, whilst it's a good thing to do, is not necessarily the definition of greatness. Having medals and degrees and decoration is not, decorations is not necessarily the reflection of greatness. I think one of the things I want to say to you is that greatness is not the same thing as popularity. And as a generation that is so moved by numbers and figures and popularity and likes and tweets and shares and engagement and traction and God is saying sometimes your social media traction is your spiritual distraction so many people who are just always apprehensive oh I hope I can get about 172 and a half likes right now where's the half I don't know the one they liked in their heart but they didn't did it Watch this. Greatness is not the same thing as popularity. In fact, let me propose this to you. That if your purpose does not require popularity, popularity is a distraction to your purpose. Process that. Process that. Greatness is not a function of popularity. It's a function of purpose. And I'll show you this. Jesus shows up on the scene and then it says of all the prophets all the prophets that ever lived it says there is no one as great as John the Baptist that's what he says now think about the profile of John the Baptist we don't see much about his life socially and by societal standards we're not told he married a fine wife come on somebody that is so and John the Baptist even though he was wet in the river he had a hot wife to boil the river, river Jordan, keep it hot. We're not told that. We're not told he had smart kids, right? Are we told that? Come on, tell me. Did, were we told of the number of cars and chariots and horses that John the Baptist had? Were we told that? How about the skyscrapers he built? Were we told that he was liked by everybody? He was even hated. That's why they killed him, right? Were we told, okay, let's go spiritual because he compared him to the prophets. Moses, he parts the Red Sea. Does John the Baptist part the Jordan? No. 
Because there are many believers who are trying to part the Jordan when they are called to baptize people in it. And you're thinking that because my mentor wrote this book and my mentor built this system and my mentor bought this mansion, I should also be the same thing. But if you try at all costs to replicate everything your mentor did, you have either wasted his mistakes or you're wasting your potential. You're not supposed to be an echo of the past. Oh, can I talk to somebody? It's good to see you guys. I find somebody and tell that person you are not an echo. John is not called to part the Red Sea. He's called to baptize people in it. Rather, <laughs> part the River Jordan. He's called to baptize people in the Jordan. How about Elijah? Elijah called on fire from heaven. One would think that any prophet who would be greater than Elijah should call down more than fire, should bring a dragon as in the game of thrones and tame the dragon and move the dragon across the skyline, breathing fire everywhere. But doing more of what has been done does not mean you're greater than what has been. Can I talk to somebody? Am I talking to somebody? John does not bring manna from heaven. He does not bring quail to feed three million people. He does not part the Red Sea. He does not call down fire from heaven. The Bible doesn't tell us that he sees any angels. The Bible does not tell us that he even manipulates the elements or bends fire or flames or causes the earth to quake. But the Bible tells us that he was the greatest of all men. By human analysis and assessment, John will be called the least of the prophet but Jesus already told us that many who are last will be first and many who are first shall be last what it means is there are some people here who are doing better to God than the thing they are doing to themselves in other words you are judging yourself as behind schedule but God said you're doing well and there are certain people who are clapping for themselves Fido come on do that thing and the angel is just like <laughs> because God doesn't judge greatness the way we judge greatness John is going to be great when he fulfills his purpose not when everybody knows him it's better to be unknown and fulfill your assignment than to be well known and be distracted from it. And so if your purpose does not require popularity, popularity is a distraction to your purpose. Classic example, most people here have flown in airplanes before. Everybody has flown plane before. Some people in it, some people so you put sang for aeroplane, oh that boy, baby, kia me, eleko, eko me, jito for me, oh so me, oh yo me, bang bang, shiki shiki.
Look at somebody say we're all here. The touched, the untouched. But when you enter an aircraft, watch those guys. You enter an aircraft. Now, who welcomes you to the aircraft? The air hostess. And they're looking all prim and proper, well decorated, got their, you know, there's some, the, the airlines from the Middle East, they sort of like have the best kind of presentation. They're just so smart. Everything looking bright and beautiful. Their skin is flawless. Have you seen that? Illuminating everybody. Everybody. Everything is flawless. Welcome, like the teeth beaming the glory. They take you into the uh, the aircraft, and then you see, turn right, turn left, all of that kind of stuff. Where's the pilot? Does anybody celebrate the pilot? Do you know what the pilot looks like? Sometimes the most important people in God's agenda are the unseen people. Because with all the finesse and the gait and the comportment and the composure and the beauty and the elegance and the excellence of those lovely looking ladies, they cannot fly you any. And some of you are busy taking selfies with people who are popular instead of taking lessons from people who are powerful. Can I talk to somebody? You're hanging around stuff that is seen. I love selfies, don't get it wrong. I'm not speaking against these things. I'm shining light on what's more important than these things. Some of us are called to be pilots. Now, on an aircraft, how many hostesses do you have? How many? Maybe eight or ten, depending on the kind of flight it is, right? How many pilots do you have? Sometimes the more specialized your assignment is, the less visible you have to be. Because God doesn't want it to be overexposed in a season. And there are people who can be an air hostess in a season and a pilot in the next. And there are people who can be a pilot in one season and an air hostess in the next. Now imagine that you're on that aircraft and... The, the hostess and let's, let's dramatize a little bit, you know, a little Hostess, just stand there and do your, this one and that one. <laughs> Josh, come and be the, the businessman uh, flying guy. Enter. Follow, as in, follow the direction. Yeah, yeah. So follow now. You're not scared of the person, are you? <laughs> now, everybody's seated. Imagine as you're seated, the pilot and the co-pilot just, just play some happy vibes. Just come out of the, hey, what's up, guys? In the air, the pilot and the co-pilot come out of the cockpit. Come on, come on, tell me. While the plane is flying. Hey. Oh. Hey. <laughs> v. 
this is what you do when you leave the place of your assignment just because you want to be more visible you are a pilot leaving your cockpit The reason I have to preach it this way, I'll tell you, it's not necessarily because I think people are trying to be popular. It's because your society is pressurizing you into making you feel you're not making an impact just because you're not making noise. So I need to free somebody from the burden of believing that the fact that you don't have a large social media following does not mean you're not effective in the assignment of God. Look at somebody say it's about purpose. Look at somebody say it's about purpose. Please, you may perceive that some people are called to nations. Some people are called to individuals who are called to nations. And sometimes the people who are called to individuals who are called to nations are more powerful. Because the destiny of those nations hang in the balance of their own counsel. What they advise the king to do will determine the lives of millions. Whereas the people who are called to nations, they're powerful as well. But you know what? The amplifier effect or the trigger effect more like starts from that individual who's got the ears of that person that's why for those who are still single before you marry please marry somebody who values the counsel of God don't pressurize yourself into bondage and call it marriage I'm not saying marriage is bondage but I'm saying marriage can become bondage when the person you're married to is not going to value the voice of heaven let me also say this that Greatness is not about possessions. It's not about popularity. It's not about possessions. We're not told that John the Baptist possessed much. How much would you really have if you were living by the Jordan anyway? And the people left the Jordan because they felt the wrath of God was about to fall upon the, fall upon the cities. So they had to leave the cities and go to the Jordan as a place of escape. But it's not about possessions the word of God said in the book of Luke chapter 12 verse 15 Jesus said to them take heed beware of covetousness he said a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his riches I wish every church in Nigeria would preach this at least once a quarter because people are being preached in certain places into greed Whereas the word says godliness with contentment is a great gain. And now I see folks feeling light just because they can't afford the kind of pair of shoes. It is not the price of your shoes that it dictates the orderliness of your steps. Yes, <laughs> Spending more money on your hair does not mean that your brain will function better. It's not what's on your head is what's in there. Now, there's no shade or anything. 
I'm just trying to help somebody who may not be able to afford certain things right now. That you are not less, less of a person just because you're going through a financial difficulty. The different reasons for poverty. The different reasons. You could have been born into a poor family. You know, there's something I saw making the rounds about two weeks ago or so, but this whole thing about if you don't come from a rich family, a rich family must come from you. It sounds good. But what do you mean must? This is what causes people to become criminals. And with the, with the proliferation of Yahoo, Yahoo Plus, Chache, Sache, Sachet, And people go to great lengths now. I hear the part of the consequences when you do this drug money thing or this blood money thing is that sometimes in the open daylight, you are literally barking like a dog. Because the enemy will never give you anything in public that he will not cause you to be ashamed of in private. There must always be shame connected to any pleasure that, heaven, that hell presents to you. There's always shame or guilt or a combination of both. I said, somebody, what we used to leave before, I don't know if I ever told you, so what we used to leave before, one evening about 7 p.m., I was driving to the house, and I saw this guy naked, a young man, was being in his 20s, maybe early 30s, naked, walking naked. I knew that there was something dark about it. I knew it was not mad, because he was not walking like a mad person. And so somebody told me later that part of their rites of passage sometimes is that you have to walk naked and be embarrassed and disgraced. Some of them, they have to have their bath in public why are people being driven to this place of course number one is extreme poverty that's why if you don't hate poverty you might need to realize you must hate poverty I'm not trying to condone it do you know why because the more impoverished people are the less of an identity they can hold on to and the more the basal desires of the human instincts can be proliferated and projected so I'm not saying poverty is from God, but I'm saying this, that trying to make money at all costs is not the will of God. So greatness is not about when I buy a new car, when I move to Banana Island, when I move to Plantation Island. Maybe I should marry one of the Plantation Boys. Where are the Plantation Boys right now? Olufumi Omak Pamileku. It's all for me, not my one. Do you remember that? Some of you girls, you were teenagers. Why am I saying teenagers? Toddlers then. So we're dancing. And look for me, oh, now family, come the stopless. I know I've moved from plantation to style. Some of you felt like this was the height of greatness. Didn't you think so? When they came to your campus on, on uh, the stage, people were throwing all kinds of things at them. Ah, you were fainting, Google. That is not the proof of greatness. The kind of greatness God is going to bring out of your life will not be time-bound. It will not expire. Abraham, you will not become an ex-celeb. Oh, can I say that again? 
I was thinking about three or four days ago because I saw somebody that used to be very famous as in I can't mention the name she used to be very famous about 15 years ago if you saw this person people would be lined up and taking autographs I remember seeing this person in Nibadon and there was this boss and this crowd because I can't let me not describe but there was this thing about her and we're at a place buying groceries and I had to keep on looking because she didn't look like that glamour and that glitch everything that man can give you in the name of greatness will fade it will pale it will dissipate but the glory of God that shines it is faithless the Bible says the flower faded the grass withered but the glory of the Lord shall abide forever the greatness God is bringing out of you will not fade with the passing of a political regime somebody came to fix something in the house a couple of days ago and he was telling me about one big house said that this house that this place this house they're building now this was not the original house so that there was a big house big mansion that this guy used to be a senator and i pulled down the house that the house was so big they were even troubling him as a monstrous he said he used to be a senator he pulled it down wanted to build another one he said start building another one they pulled that one down again now said wanted to build another one and now started the process do you know what happened he didn't make it back to the house now he has to sell the land God's greatness is not magomagoistic. New word. God's greatness is enduring. So that David is as great in the cave as he is in the palace. It is not the cave that determines my greatness. It is the presence of Christ in my heart and my faithfulness in my purpose. So whether I'm in a one-bedroom apartment or face me, I slap you apartment or skyscraper or the penthouse. And it's not the house that makes me great. I'm the person that makes the house great. Somebody shout yes. Somebody shout yes. the generation bamboozle you you are who you are Jesus had to pay tax he was not perturbed Peter go and catch fish you don't have to accumulate riches to be wealthy number three under number one greatness is not a function of the number of people who serve you is a function of the number of people you serve. That's what Jesus thought. It's not about the number of people who serve you. It's about the number of people you serve. So greatness is not, you know what? I have five. I mean, this guy was telling me about this senator guy. He said that this, this guy, I think he had six drivers. And how many? I can't remember. Just plenty of people. That's how you know people who are not led by the Spirit of God. They are led by their position in life. They are led by the availability of resource. Now, is it possible for one person to need six drivers? Maybe if he's responsible for a whole community. But not, yes, no. Like if you have 25 children, <laughs> adopted or real, whatever. Yes, you, you may have that, but not for personal aggrandizement. Is it possible for somebody to need a jet? Is it possible? Absolutely, but what's the why in the heart? So it's not the number of people that serve you, it's the number of people you serve. Who are you serving? That should be a question that you have in your heart. I'll speak about this separately. Who are you serving? If God has called you 
to small. Don't sell your soul trying to reach for big. If God has called you to big, don't settle for small in the name of humility. Don't settle for small and say, I'm just meek and lowly. Every possible picture. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Now, let me tell you something about being called to small. Job 8, verse 7 says, Though thy beginning be small, thy latter end shall greatly increase. God never calls you to small for small. That's the, that's the interesting thing. The one who is faithful in little, the Bible says he will become ruler over much. And it's oftentimes a test of your heart. Number two, in greatness, to unleash the greatness of God, there's so many things I could teach on number one, but the Holy Spirit expounded in your heart. Number two of the four, separate yourself and step out. To walk in God-given greatness, you cannot join every association. Some things you join will leave you disjointed. Many families have been disjointed because the father of the house was always spending time at the joint. Mkwabi. 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 Later, wamabi. Wamabi. Be. That, that, that's a Igbo and Yoruba. <laughs> you just got it. Oh, this takes you faster than that. What happened? Your partings, amazing, reminiscent of Red Seas, a parting. I'm walking in grace, 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 grace. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can we celebrate Cooper? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> you can't join everything. The farther you're going, the more you have to learn to let things go. A lot of people's journeys have been truncated by collective paraboism. <laughs> you know what that is? You know, you know what paraboism is? Like everybody's like, <laughs> everybody's like, let's, let's do it. Matters of destiny will require seasons of separation. It is the way it is. Paul says, at the fullness of time, the God who separated me from where? My mother's womb. What does that mean? Listen to this, please. It means that before you had a choice of career, God had a conviction of your calling. It also means 
that the fact that you're from the same womb does not mean you end up in the same tomb. The fact that we began together does not mean we end together. Don't allow sentiment stop you from walking in divine destiny. That's what he says. So number two, God comes to Abram and says, Abram, get out. I want to preach a little bit. Look at somebody say, get out. I love the energy, but can you ramp it up a little bit? Shout at the person, get out. It's not from me. It's not from you. It's from God. I know the Bible says that God said to Abraham, get out. And it said, get out of your country. Let me just announce to you, if you live in Nigeria and you are Nigerian, you will not fulfill your destiny thinking like the current day Nigerian. The current day Nigerian is so driven by self and self-preservation and daily survival that he despises his birthright. He is like Esau. He is famished and hungry. He will sell his vote for a pot of porridge. He will sell, she will sell her sexuality for a job. The job is her birthright. But because she's been so starved of what's hers, she will give up what is so priceless for a monthly pay. Look at somebody say, get out of this country. This is not talking about immigration, emigration, mice migration. But in your mind, you cannot think like a Nigerian. In your mind, you cannot think about potholes. Whilst there are potholes in the road, let there be no potholes in your heart. Let there be no potholes in your trajectory of destiny. You cannot think about bribes and corruption. Because every bribe you take cages you. It steals your voice, your confidence, your boldness. You have to be able to say this is the way it's done there. But I'm willing to starve and go hungry if God is God he will open a door for me make a way for me I will not walk through a door that will become my prison my cage look at somebody say get out of your country high five somebody with a palm burning blister inducing fingerprints and pattern high five tell the person get out of your country the average Nigerian He's so beaten by life, so beaten by the economy that he thinks that God needs to rob somebody to bless him. God's mercies are so abundant, he does not need to stop showing somebody else's message to show you more. I need to tell somebody. I said God's mercies, God's riches, God's favor, God's goodness, they are so abundant, he does not need to take away from Yemi to give me more. It's inexhaustible. The average Nigerian, he thinks that somebody has to die for him to leave. <laughs> Two people one that's called on fire from heaven, James and John actually. So let's call on fire and burn them, destroy them. He says, you don't understand of what spirit you are. He says, you're beginning to operate in the spirit of the heathenistic nations around you. Because their God is not big enough to bless you without cursing somebody else. But the God that you are, the word says it causes his rain to fall on the good and the evil. The difference is the good person who has the rain from heaven also has the wisdom to translate that rain into irrigation. The wicked's heart is so congealed that it does not have the wisdom to maximize the rain when it comes. Get out! Don't think like a Nigerian. 
A Nigerian is so bombarded by problems that before he starts a project, he's already expecting it to fail. You cannot think like a Nigerian. You are of a different spirit. You are of a different stock. You are of a different nature. You are from heaven. You hail from God. The God of the universe is your father. His DNA is your divine nature activated. DNA. You are a lion. You are not a, a lily liver, jelly, jaw, spineless, wonder, spaghetti person trying to make ends meet. Do you know that the stars work in your favor? Who am I talking to? Some of you look so cool, calm, collected, and coordinated. Can I talk to somebody who will refuse to be a Nigerian from today. What I mean, I don't mean rescind your citizenship. I mean your ideology is different. Your mind is different. Your orientation is different. Your perception is different. High five yourself, Lolo, and say, I'm getting out of here. Look at somebody say, I'm getting out of here. I don't have to think like that anymore. I don't have to be subdued by that anymore. I've got to tap into the God of the universe and say, Lord, your kingdom come. That's what Jesus taught them to pray. He said, when you pray, say, I'll Father who are in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom every believer is supposed to be a mobile embassy mobile embassy go to American embassy do they take lights there tell me do they take light there American embassy how is the security in American embassy tight why because they don't function within the context of Nigeria or according to the dictates of Nigeria. In some context, in some way, they're in the context of Nigeria, but they're not according to the dictates. That's what the Bible says, you are in the world, but not... God was telling Abraham, what has raised you, has raised you to the peak it can raise you to. Some of you, in your minds, you are standing on existing platforms that you have outgrown. So you're still trying to run that business as if you are a Jelly Osimi entrepreneur. <laughs> a Jelly Osimi entrepreneur. No structure, no systems, no accounting, no prospecting, no sales plan, no strategic plan, and you're saying nothing is working. It is working the way it can work based on what you have on ground. It says, get out of your country. And there's so many believers who have been redeemed from Egypt, but they are still desirous of garlics and cucumbers. Survival mentality. So scriptures like, my God shall supply all my need according to riches and glory through Christ Jesus. For you, it has become meat. Do you know Why? Because in Nigeria, even to find food can be a struggle. Oh, come on. Oh, you guys, you think you're the real reflection of Nigeria? If you use a smartphone, you're possibly not the real reflection of, of Nigeria. Now, this is how you know. What people steal often is an indication of what they aspire to get. So if smartphones get lost as often as they do, that means for the average Nigerian, owning a smartphone is an aspiration. We should be talking about inventing things, not stealing. Now, stealing is the lowest form of an attempt at progress. It's the lowest form. It means that I've acknowledged that I'm incapable to produce. And so the only way I can ever get it is to take it from somebody else. 
Now, when you're living in a system of thieves, you cannot afford to be one. Otherwise, you are subdued by that system. And I can see many of you are thinking right now. You have to get out. Do you know why? You don't know how much Nigeria has affected you. You don't know. I've told a couple of people, but let me just give an example. Let me tell one of the ways you know that this country has damaged a lot of our minds. When you think about buying your first car, what kind of car comes to mind? Tokumbo. Automatically. I'm still struggling with that. And I'm more exposed than most of you. So you can imagine the degree of damage. To you, it does not look like it's a, Now, it's not about the money, right? It's about the system. How do I mean? Buying Tokumbo in Nigeria will cost you more than buying a brand new car in the UK because there's a payment system. Oh, come on, guys. So you want to buy Tokumbo in Nigeria, you're looking at maybe SUV like 3 million or 3.5 or 4 million. In pounds, that's about 10,000 pounds. You can buy a car in the UK that is 20,000 pounds, but the down payment is 2,000 pounds. Are you following? So you're getting a new car in a different system for 700,000, but you're getting a Tokumbo car in your system for three times that amount. It is not about the money, it's about the systems that have been produced by minds that are dominated by darkness. You know, there's some believers that say church should just focus on church. Jesus did most of his miracles in the culture. What we should focus on in church is God's mind, who is the Christ about everything, because he wants to fill all things with the fullness of himself. So I'm not going to start running a political seminar Sunday morning and transformation and all of that. But I need to sensitize you. Are you absorbing this? Somebody shout, I'm getting out of it. Get out of it. Get out of it. We don't have all the money in the world yet, but we, we've tried to build a system in my house where my kids don't understand up Nepal, but they learned it in school. So we got a generator, a big generator. We got an inverter. So Kamin never used to say up Nepal, right? Until maybe once in a while. Nepal. I've heard him say, I'm like, dude. Okay, sorry, he doesn't say Nepal. He just says, yay, when there's light. See, there's an anomaly. Because I want to protect their minds from that. See, the reason you have to prosper is that there is a system that must come down. And even if all you need to do is to locate Rahab on the wall of Jericho, it takes money to travel from the wilderness to Jericho. Why would they say to us that they don't play gospel songs? You know how many songs we have in this house? By the time we calculate all the people that sing and write songs inside this house. Do you know how many we have? But they say radio stations cannot do that. They can't air gospel songs during the week, only on Sundays. And when are they airing on Sundays? When you are in church. So they will tell you that the rating is low. But you are in church, you can't listen to it. But if we own a system, a release of anointings for reformation. It was a revival that brought about a reform in education. 
that brought about a reform in health sector. Many of the schools our parents went to were missionary schools. And they were free, which means anybody could walk into it. And the people that you give stuff for free, they are loyal to you. That's why there are some Muslims today that never speak against the church. Because the only reason they got education was this grammar school. Anglican grammar school, Baptist this one, and Equa high school, whatever. Let there be a rising of a generation yet again who are going to be stirred up in the spirit of grace and in the spirit of truth. And who will have the wisdom and the counsel of God to bombard all of hell's efforts and bring forth the glory of God. God. get out I can't touch the other two points for time's sake and there is something in the air I'm going to close on this one so you can stand get out get out of your country every day I'm getting out of Nigeria I'm in Nigeria I'm called to Nigeria I'm called to you God sent me to raise kings. God brought me from outside of the country to come into the country so that some people in the country can go out the right way. Daniel, you've got to get out of Unilag. I know you're graduating this year. That's not what I mean. I mean, you are not, don't have a student mentality. Don't have an HND mentality. I just have HND. I just have third class. You have a first class God. Get out! He said nations will come out of you. In other words, God was saying to Abraham, I don't want the nations to be limited by the references of what you grew up in. They have to grow up in an expansive place. It might be a wilderness, but that wilderness you will become a fruitful field by my spirit. Get out of there! That's why as soon as you can, as soon as you can, get accommodation in a place that shifts your mind from Nigeria so that you can help Nigeria as soon as you can move away from that place with a gutter in front of your street you know why it's not just about fixing the gutter there are people who have tried to fix the gutter the local government will frustrate them so move away first and build a system it might cost more build a system where you now have a voice and you can speak in the matter And God will give you ideas that may look like nothing. I wrote an article. I wrote a post. Some of you have seen it online about two weeks ago about leaving Nigeria or not leaving Nigeria. And the traction was amazing. Over 100 shares within about 24 hours. God said, turn into an ebook. I turned into an ebook. We've hit 500 downloads on there. I'm looking to get into newspapers and this and that. I'm writing. There's another ebook God has given me. And I mentioned this in the in first, uh, first service about how my phone got stolen. I'm about to create a report on that. And God is saying to me, these are the things that you release in the atmosphere that will give you a voice in places. Because there are some places where it's not your pastor title they need. He says, he that has the answer, the king will kiss his lips. I want us to pray with passion in our spirits. I'm getting out. Jerry P, get out of that place, man. Get out. And when you've grown that system, you now begin to indoctrinate that's why we're big on discipleship Christ is the software of God the operating system of God let's pray Joba get out of the place everyone watching me right now I don't mean leave Nigeria physically but you have to leave Nigeria in your mind you have to step away 
from the corruption, from the greed, from the bribery, from the attacks, from the violence. You cannot be like them. The Bible says, come out from them and be ye different. The ecclesia is the called out ones. Church be the church. A generation is rising, rising from the ashes of almost 60 years of despondency and decay there is a call and a cry there is a people rising there is the sound of a new generation there is an awakening God is calling you get out Abraham it is costly but we've got to get out don't become so attached to the womb that you've outgrown for one or two people maybe five seven people here get out of that circle of friends they are doing you no good every time you're with them you're thinking about sex you're thinking about drugs you're thinking about alcohol and you think you're missing something something that God saved you from don't go back to your vomit Don't go back to your vomit. Don't go back to what God pulled you out of. do you know one of the signs that you on the way you will have to do things that are bigger than you your family will say what are you feeling like it is also for their own good because all of us cannot die like this the leper said if we sit here we will die let us explore let us push let us advance if we sit here all of us will die those four lepers he said but if we go into the future who knows who knows who knows who knows if you push yourself in that business who knows what will come out of it who knows if you don't give up on that outreach who knows who knows what will come out of it if you write that book that God gave you the idea of months ago who knows what will come out of it if you go to the studio and you record that song just releases who knows what will come out of it if you obey God by praying 12 midnight for 30 minutes one hour every night who knows what's going to come out of it a few more minutes pressing pressing Enoch get out of there Debbie get out of there Auntie Bimbo get out of there Auntie Helen Esther Eunice Hataya Katabasus. Orodo hotele barata katu veri atabasas. 
it's not about your comfort it's about your calling it's about your calling it's about your calling it's about your calling God is calling you God is calling you God is calling you God is calling you Now when we say the calling of God, not all of us will be preachers, not all of us will be music ministers, not all of us will be worship leaders. Abraham was not a pastor. Abraham was not Pastor Abraham, Reverend Abraham, Evangelist Abraham. He was a man called of God. You can be a Baba and be called of God. You can be a bus driver and be called of God. It just means there will be something different about the haircuts you produce. You can be a photographer and be called of God. You can be a dry cleaner and be called. We need geologists who are men of God. We need scientists. What is happening to the educational sector? Where is the money? This money that is being shared from the Paris Club. Only God knows what's going to happen. All the billions and billions. Kings must rise. Who understand justice and righteousness. For some of you, you will receive miracle supply. You will receive money. Let me tell you what. For some of you, unbelievers will give you money. The first stream of supply that Jesus had, wealth, gold, silver, was not from any priest. It was not from any pastor. It was not from a prophet. It was from heathen people. So some of you, God will raise heathen voices. Don't say, I cannot be a friend to an unbeliever. When God says don't be friends, he's saying do not be unequally yoked. But Jesus was close enough to be called friends of sinners. False religion will take you away from circles that God has positioned your supply in. Jesus was called a friend of sinners. Luke chapter 8 or chapter 9 speaks about the women that brought supply to Jesus. One of them was in the palace of Herod. Herod was a, for lack of a better word, madman, dictator. He would kill people when he wants. The, one of the biggest givers to Jesus' ministry was from Herod. All things are yours, whether they are Paul or Apostle, Apostolos. I'm not saying go and collect bribe money. I'm just saying that for some of you, God will bring resources into your life and you wonder why. It's for the kingdom. It's for the kingdom. Let's raise our hands and just relish and receive. Relish and receive. The spirit of truth is imprinted upon your heart, his intent. Some of you, for the first time, you can now understand why you feel so frustrated in that place where you're living. For some of you, it's such a painful experience because you're angry and you don't know why, but it's just the environment you're in. The reason you're angry is not just because of you, but when you see the frailties, the infirmities, and the poverty, of people drinking pipe on water from polluted sources it breaks your heart and it's because you are raised as a deliverer i feel such a destiny anointed and tears welling up in my in my own eyes right now do you know who you are you are a deliverer a reformer
the reason you're so sad can't even help your own dad and your own mom the health system is so broken that everybody has to pray that you never have an, a healthy emergency God doesn't just want us to operate in the gift of healing. He wants us to build hospitals. The first set of hospitals in Nigeria were built by missionaries. They were built by foreign funds, foreign investment injected into the sectors. And people were not asking to make money off those things. My God, I ask for oil right now. Fresh oil upon every house, everyone. Father, this year raise first fruits of this move. First fruits of reformation. We may be young physically, but we're in line with your purpose. We're available, God. 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 See these hands of God and strengthen them. We will not die before our, the time of our emergence. We will not be frustrated out of the trajectory of destiny. We will not seek alternatives and pack it all up and just wonder. Do you know how many people have escaped into the UK and their destiny has been trapped? I'm not saying everybody who travels enters a, a prison. But if you travel when God is not sending you, you are truncating and suspending the agenda of heaven concerning your life. Jesus, you will go to Egypt, but you will go as a baby and come back. Your assignment is not in Egypt, it's in Israel. Saul, you will go to the wilderness of Arabia, but you will come back. Because you must be a witness amongst the Jews and the Gentiles. Father, empower everyone. The Holy Spirit is coming right now, manifesting as a spirit of power. You will experience him as power right now. Father, move all over this house. Strength to your backbone. Strength to your spine. Strength to your mind. Strength in your body, in your feet, in your hands. Creative miracles, healing miracles. Meto Satobos, Rotobasiadobos, Beriatagato, Zombrogado. Healing, strand miracles, strand miracles. Lo madohote yakabasure ketelia subatish. Brodoboli and the baritosile batais. Rotobosi and the balish sombragadolius. Bredoposi and the bat. Receive right now. Receive right now. Miracles. Miracles of impartation. Miracles of strength. Power, power, power. You have been raised in the order of Joseph. You feel like you're in a prison, but you are kept in prison on purpose. If Joseph was not in prison, when they needed an interpreter, they would never have found him. 
some of you you are in the context of a prison because that prison also accommodates somebody who has the access to the palace according to man's projection Potiphar's house is closest on the palace but according to the heaven's trajectory the prison is closer to the palace because palaces are not determined by people they are determined by prophecy and when they needed an interpreter Potiphar's wife would never have recommended Joseph he needed to be in the prison where the butler and the baker were there you are where for somebody where God wants you. You are locked within the four walls of a policy that is holding you in place until your word will come and pull you out of there. say now I get it now I get it now I get it current nations families companies groups environments and the cry sometimes you shed tears and you don't even know it's the cry of destiny the frustration it's not your frustration it is nations in your womb dying crying yearning do you know how many babies have been killed because of poor health care accidents here and there bloodshed the land is crying if your ears are open to the spirit you can hear the cry of innocent blood saying where are the reformers where are the kingdom avengers where are the voices where are the sons of god the earnest expectation of the creatures awaits the manifestation of the sons of yeshua amashia the very god of very god the king of creation rise all king My heart is my heart bleeds every day when i see able-bodied men carrying bags of drinks on their heads inventors are amongst them reformers preachers are amongst them but because there is no system to raise god needs a system to raise moses if it's a basket he will use it if it's potiphar's house or rather herod's house pharaoh's house he will use it but god needs a system Father, we are available. I know we could continue for 30 minutes, one hour to honor our time. Father, we are available. Lord, you said if you find a man, if you find a man, you will carry out your counsel. Your word says you sought for a man. You became that man and now you are that man in us.
when Jesus walked the face of the earth physically people knew there was a different government in town now that you're leaving us let people know there's a different government in this town we don't want to be ordinary people we don't want to be to be complainers when people complain we don't want to grumble when people grumble for grumbling and complaining glorify the demons that create the situations we grumble about but we want to be king priests who bear the burden in prayer and from the place of prayer we are able to bring kingdom direction kingdom light build kingdom systems Abraham had 318 people of the servants raised in his house and they were equipped to take down five kings and their armies we might not be the most in number but make us the strongest in capacity see our heart cry see the tears on our faces hear our hearts oh god God we cry Set a hearts on fire Set a hearts on fire Lord set our hearts on fire we receive the power, we receive the wisdom. We receive power, receive wisdom. We receive the power, receive wisdom to play our part in your agenda, your kingdom agenda for the earth. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we've prayed. A generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.